raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Wednesday, August 23rd. It is eight minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you so much for joining us. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're glad that you're here today. So Joe Biden's communications team is under some pressure. This after the president made, well, a number of gaps during his visit to Maui. He struggled to pronounce the names of some of the local politicians. And of course, we all know he seemed to suggest that his little house fire that happened 15 years ago was comparable to the inferno which crossed the island. So so last segment uh, during our uh, nine o'clock hour, we had our dear friend, farmer Ryan Mm -hmm. from Freedom Foods, who we love, was in the studio and his little boy, Samuel, who Samuel's story is incredible. He's uh, battling a a very rare uh, blood type disease and is just an incredible kid and doing a phenomenal job and everyone should keep that that little boy in their their prayers but they were in here and he had his little daughter Bree in here we had a more coherent conversation Samuel's 10 Bree is 6 mm-hmm. we had a more coherent well thought through conversation and they were more articulate and I'm not joking Casey when I say this than what we heard from Joe Biden in Maui yeah. a 10 and a 6 year old yeah okay so the president he empathized with these islanders and saying that he almost lost his 67 core is that empathy because empathy, what, so sympathy and empathy obviously are different. You learn this in, or you're supposed to learn this in school of some sort. Mm-hmm. You, uh, and empathy is a sense of understanding. Yeah, right? putting yourself in someone else's shoes. R- right. So is it empathy if you equate dead bodies in rubble to a 20-minute kitchen fire that everybody was 100% fine and order was restored and the worst thing that you claim happened to you, which isn't even true, is you almost lost your 67 Corvette. Is that empathy? No. No. (laughs) That's being an ass. It's being narcissistic for sure. And you had said that yesterday, that that's what that was. And after thinking about it and reviewing it, I mean, to me, when he said he almost lost his wife and his uh, sports car and his cat, that was it. You heard it here first. He's done so. That was the minute right there. It, that was the 10 seconds that he completely lost the country. And it really does. Here's what is most interesting about these things when Biden does them is his go to crutch is my son, bow, mm-hmm. Right. And and people have given him grace on this, even though he's made ridiculous statements about, you know, how his son died or trying to compare them when other people's kids died. You know, things about people whose kids die in military battles. You know, your kid did not die in a military battle, whatever. But people have given him grace for years and well, he's you know, he still lost a son, blah, blah, blah. I think it's become more and more clear that he is it is not some grieving dad when he makes that statement but rather he is looking for that crutch and sympathy and to make it about him Mm -hmm. the same way as he did in maui i think that is what the big reveal on this is when he uses his kid as a you know when he throws him out there and the death of his son Bo, that is about him and getting sympathy on him rather than some sort of misguided empathy as as you might say yeah him talking about almost not really losing his corvette it's gross i mean he 
he sounded like he was campaigning. Well, he is. That's that's what that sounded like. He was supposed to go there and just be sympathetic, and instead it came across like, I, I feel bad for me, too. I went through this as well. But, Casey, the level of narcissism from these people in Washington, D.C., across the board is a level I can't even begin to describe. They don't. The overwhelming majority of them, there may be a few left that are regular, decent human beings, but very few of them have any sense of recognition of the lives of regular people, the traumas and dramatic experiences people face, and they are solely and wholly invested in themselves. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden's just a dithering old fool who's losing his marbles, so he comes off bad when he does it or does it publicly or does it at ill-timed, uh, you know, events, etc. But his view of himself and his self-importance and his inability to connect with regular people is not any different than the vast majority of people in the United States Congress. So we had him on vacation. He went to Maui, said some which came across as very insensitive things, which to me was the the last straw. That's the one that broke the camel's back. Uh, he's done so. And then he went back on vacation. And there's been a, a CNN correspondent who said that he was the empathizer in chief and he said all the right things. So Judge Janine, you may remember her. She's been on Fox News mm-hmm. for years. She's done radio, television, she was a legitimate judge. That's thus the judge part of Judge Janine. Mm-hmm. She was on, uh, this may have been the, the five. I think it was the five yesterday. And this piece of audio is a little longer than what we normally play. But I, I, I'm i watching this yesterday. I'm thinking, where can I cut this? And every time I wanted to cut it, you couldn't cut it. It is so, so, I'm going to put a third so in there so you know that it is so good. <laughs> Go. What a guy talking about about talking so what, to a dog. Are you kidding me? This Are is a guy who goes to an inferno, an inferno where a thousand people and children are missing because they cannot get any idea. They have been so destroyed. There's no odontology reports. There's no fingerprints. There's no body frames. There's nothing. That's why they can't identify everyone. And he talks to a dog and he talks about the fact that he almost lost a cat. Are you kidding me? He almost lost a cat. Jill and I know what it's like to lose. This guy has been lying from the moment he came on the political scene. He has a lack of empathy. He is egocentric. He's got a condescending smirk whenever anybody asks him a question from the press. He's lying and he's narcissistic. And you know what? It's not. He's not trying to make him feel like he's part of their misery. He's a narcissist and an egomaniac who's trying to make it about himself. And you know what? I'll bet he got more than $700 when he had that so-called fire in his house. <laughs> and on the same day that Biden offered the $700 checks, they, he gave uh, Ukraine $200 million to Kiev. So what? I'm, uh, let me finish. So what? I want, what about the people in, 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 uh, who, in Hawaii who are saying, we're Americans, aren't we? Why aren't we getting that kind of money? The people in Kiev have already gotten in Ukraine $113 billion. $700, they don't have food, clothing, shelter, a home, and they're missing their family. Don't tell me $700 is enough. And when he says no, Kareem Jean-Pierre doesn't know 
What the hell is she talking about? She says Joe Biden cares about people. Kareen, explain why he said when they asked about the rising death toll. He said no comment. The bottom line is he systematically lies. He says he was Greek. He was Jewish. He was raised in a Puerto Rican community. And that uh, uh, the Charlemagne, the guy, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. He's just a narcissist who does not belong on the world stage. Okay. Pretty well said. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to add to that? <laughs> I'd say that. He's a he's a gaff machine. Everybody knows it. And his staff is just mopping up after him. Uh, real quick. I, I know we're running a little long here, but Kev pulled this audio and it involved bleeping. So we must get this into the ether uh, to reward Kevin's hard work. Yeah. This is, uh, this is a Maui citizen. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was this interview was done with this person. I mean, again, it's not someone famous. It's not a high profile politician, just a regular old citizen of Maui uh, in the hours after Biden came and did this bizarre and sensitive, disgusting comparison Mm -hmm. between dead bodies in Maui and the kitchen fire that he was forced to endure. And um, well, this is this is also pretty well said. But hearing you talk about your house that, you know, had a little fire, you almost lost your cat in your Corvette. There are children that were incinerated to ash. You old man, you vile human being. The only way you feel you're able to communicate and, and you have some kind of, you know, you're so out of touch with the common man, you don't even understand how to speak to them. The only way you think you can establish commonality with them is to lie. That the same thing happened to you, no matter what the tragedy is. Your son wasn't killed in action, by the way. Your house didn't burn down. Your children weren't burned to death. How dare you get up there and speak this way? Your job is to go there and assuage them in a way that... You talk to them about their loss, that you can't imagine what it's like, that you can't imagine what it's like never to find the bodies of the poor children that were sent home from schools that died alone, alone, in fear, without their parents or a guardian, that the most abhorrent thing happened. You're a disgusting, despicable bastard. You're too old. You need to step down from office. Maybe the cackling hyena behind you. Maybe she'll rise to the occasion. She can't even form a coherent sentence. Again, I'd say pretty accurate. Yeah. Do we even need a GOP debate? I mean, Biden is losing it for himself. Uh, Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, Tucker Carlson went Mm -hmm. on a rant about Ukraine Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. And we've got to read this Trump Trump truth about turning himself in tomorrow, and it's hilarious. We'll get to it coming up. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey. 
21 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thanks for joining us this morning. So a former U.S. Army Vice Chief of Staff, General Jack Keane, he was slamming Tucker Carlson uh, because Tucker had some comments on Ukraine. And uh, this Army Chief, he said that Tucker was dead wrong. However... Tucker had uh, retired Colonel Douglas McGregor on, and he agreed with Tucker that Tucker was right. And uh, let's listen to what uh, Tucker had to say. He's saying that the uh, Ukraine-approved narrative is off. Pretty much everything that NBC News and the New York Times have told you about the war in Ukraine is a lie. The Russian army is incompetent, they claim. Ukraine is a democracy. Vladimir Putin is Hitler and he's trying to take over the world. Thankfully, the Ukrainians are winning. None of that is true. Every claim is false, the last one especially. The Ukrainian army is not winning. In fact, it's losing badly. Ukraine is being destroyed. Its population is being slaughtered in lopsided battles with a technologically superior enemy or scattered by the millions to the rest of the globe as refugees. Ukraine is running out of soldiers. As that happens, the question will inevitably arise, who's going to replace them? If the Ukrainians can't beat Putin, who will? The answer, of course, will be us. American troops will fight the Russian army in Eastern Europe. That's most likely. And the assumption is, we'll win. But will we win? Probably not, says former Army Colonel Douglas McGregor, a decorated combat veteran who advised the Secretary of Defense in the last administration. The U.S., says McGregor, is on the brink of a catastrophic war that could very easily destroy us. Few Americans seem to understand that, but they should. The scariest part about this to me is the seriousness of this conversation. And look at who our commander in chief is. Well, you're and he's exactly right. Like, how does this. uh, I'm not for sending any money to Ukraine, but let's just. If you're hearing my voice right now and you are, the question to you is how does this end? In your mind, how how does it end without U.S. military mm-hmm. intervention? Like extrapolate this for me. You think what? Just sending money forever and then Putin or when Putin dies, whoever the person who replaces him who will be as bad or as worse as Putin is, is just going to go, well... Yeah, okay, I guess that was a waste of time. We're done here. There is no way for this to end without U.S. military intervention. And I think for right now, the military-industrial complex people who make a gajillion dollars and then package a bunch of it and give it back to these politicians in forms of campaign donations are, are having their appetite met by just sending never-ending printed money Mm -hmm. over there, which then they'll use to buy our stuff or their stuff in this case, or stuff that we've already bought that we're sending over there. But eventually, people will demand or look around and go, where did all the money go? What? What are we what are we doing here? And then they'll start demanding some results and the results can't come without military intervention and we all know France isn't going to do it or Sweden isn't going to do it or, you know, pick your favorite country over there isn't going to do it. We're going to do it because that's the way it always goes. Yeah. Uh, The other option is that it will end with a new negotiator. 
And but, there, but, but Putin has no interest in negotiating. That's the point. That's the point, Casey. Vladimir Putin has no interest in negotiating. He wants this land. He is committed to seeing it through. He clearly has no care for loss of life for his people, his soldiers, his whatever. There's nothing to negotiate. You're either going to intervene or you're not going to intervene. And this half in, half out stuff is just prolonging the thing and adding to the expenses. I mean, it's a, so again, if you're a person that is for our involvement over there, monetarily or otherwise, how does this end for you? What? Because nothing's happened in a year and a half that we've been doing this, other than we've alienated somebody who used to be a potential ally on in the world of fighting terrorism, et cetera, which is Russia. And you can say whatever you want about Russia. They have been very helpful over the years on certain grounds when it comes to terrorism, et cetera, because mutual interest, whatever. And now we're just driving them into the arms our, of China. Our, our, our gas is more expensive. I mean, it's just, it's just, this has been so poorly handled, but it isn't about being well handled. It's about keeping people rich who the politicians need to keep happy because they give them a gajillion dollars. It is 1026. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Donald Trump uh, says that he will be turning himself into the Fulton County Jail tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, yes. and uh, they say they're they're going to book him like any other person with the fingerprints and the picture, and that will be blasted around the world in minutes. Yes, and I think Trump is very excited about that. He will fundraise a gajillion dollars. I've used the term gajillion multiple times. Now, I don't know what's above a gajillion. What would quintillion? No, that's an actual number. Gajillion is a made-up <laughs> number, isn't it? So we need to come up with a new made-up number. Anyway, uh, Trump is, I'm sure, going to be elated about this. He will dominate the news cycle tomorrow morning, which will chop the legs off anybody who does anything spectacular at the debates. Mm-hmm. He'll fundraise big off of this. He's fine with it. He is in the mud, which is where Trump does his best work. And he was tweeting about his trip to Atlanta tomorrow. And I- <laughs> or truthing, or truthing. whatever it's called now. Yeah. The Vale District Attorney of Fulton County, Atlanta, Fannie Willis, <laughs> insisted on a $200,000 bond from me. I assume, therefore, that she thought I was a flight risk. <laughs> I'd fly far away, maybe to Russia, 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 share a gold dome suite with Vladimir never to be seen or heard from again. Would I be able to take my very understated airplane with the gold Trump affixed for all to see? Probably not. I'd be much better off flying commercial. <laughs> I'm sure nobody would recognize no, of course me. not. <laughs> Nicely done. I don't even know what prompted that or what was going on in his head, yeah. but I love every word of that. Okay, he uh, he did uh, truth out earlier this morning that he said uh, he's promoting his interview with Tucker Carlson, which is going to happen at uh, 9 o'clock tonight. He said, sparks will fly. Enjoy. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 1032. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. This is the time of the program where we typically do voicemails. We're moving those to 1130 today. So you will still be with us just at a later time. Yes, we've moved this because there's breaking news and we absolutely have to talk about this. Yeah. Because Kurt Darling just did it at the bottom of the hour newscast. 
and I'm going to ask this question in the most family-friendly way I possibly can. Okay. Short of losing a vital organ, and I'm not even talking your gallbladder, I'm talking like something that you depend on to physically live like you would be dead without it. If you are a candidate for president of the United States and you spent close to $1 million to buy your way onto the debate stage, how could you possibly just miss the debate? What? So for those of you who are just tuning in, Doug Burgum is the governor of North Dakota, mm-hmm. and nobody knew who this dude was, and he came up with this, it really was, genius marketing strategy to get the donors necessary where if you sent him $1, he would send you a $20 gift card. Right. And... He got the donors very quickly. Kloppenstein did it. Somebody else we know did it, too. I forget who it was. There were two people who we know who sent... I think it was Riley, wasn't it? Riley! Yes, Riley, the co- the college kid where Hammer and I mm-hmm. uh, showed right. up at his graduation party. Yes, him. you're right. Riley did it as well. And to this Burgum guy's credit, he totally followed through on it, sent everybody the Visa gift card. And now there's some report... Apparently, multiple sources, Kurt did at the bottom of the hour news, that he suffered an injury in a basketball game yesterday. It was a pickup game with his staff. Look, but I don't care what it was, Casey, uh, unless he is missing uh, his heart or uh, a lung or a liver. (laughs) I mean, mean, unless he woke up in a bathtub full of ice. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. what? I don't care if your legs broke. You're going to put a, a crutch on and you're going to hobble your ass out there. Yeah. And you're going to be, what could possibly have happened in a basketball game that you can't make it to the debate stage? I don't know. Possibly. The only thing that I can gather is maybe he's scheduled for surgery or something. I, I don't Schedule know. Schedule it after. I don't know. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be there? Everything. Even, he's throwing it. Let's say you broke your leg, okay, or your arm, or whatever. Everything is handicapped accessible these days. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna. Te- you're gonna tell me. Let's. Let's just say he worked so hard to get in the debate. Yes, you're totally done. You spent a million dollars. I don't care if the bone was protruding from the skin. Ew. I don't care if I was Joe Theismann circa Monday Night Football. You would get my ass in a wheelchair and you would roll me onto that stage. And I don't care if the podium doesn't accommodate it. You would hear me from a bullhorn on the side of the stage buzzing in when I was ready to talk. What could have happened in a pickup basketball game that is prohibiting him from making the debate? Uh, All the headlines are just saying injured playing basketball and injured and. Okay, so like it's it's unclear when, whether he'll be there. Okay, now we're talking about him. When you, yeah, what a moron he is. Well, we're talking about him though. What a moron he is, <laughs> Casey. Okay, so when you're a pro, when you're a pro athlete, uh, you sign when you sign you know, your contract. They have clauses in there that say, hey, you can't if you're a football player, you cannot play pickup basketball during you know whatever. If you do and you're injured, your contract is is voided. You you can't ride a lot of times you know four wheelers or anything that could possibly you know, injure you. If you are Doug Burgum's campaign manager, shouldn't running for president kind of be the same thing? Like, brah, we got a debate tomorrow. So you're, you're maybe, not allowed to do anything. Maybe you should be preparing for the debate and let's hold the pickup basketball game. And 
what sort of tough ass pickup basketball are you guys playing if he did break a leg? Right. Shouldn't it would it be horse or we're shooting around? Like what are you getting body checked? It's freaking Dennis Rodman on Someone the other setting team. Setting a pick and he's running right into it. Is it him. Charles Barkley? Like what? What? Wait, okay, so here's the I thing. I demand to know more. There's it, it it'll come out eventually. Uh Vivek Ramaswamy, there was a lot of video of him that was out playing tennis. Right? That's how he was preparing. He was playing tennis. And then more video of him came out doing a workout with his wife. And it was, this is how I'm preparing for the debate. He's getting exercise. Doug Burton, he's taking the same cue. However... Not as in shape, apparently. Casey, I go home every day. This is how I've maintained my youthful beauty and physical fitness is Mm -hmm. I put a light workout in every day. I lift weights. Mm -hmm. You know, I do a little walking. I'm definitely never going to be confused with being Arnold Schwarzenegger circa 1973. But... I do put enough in that I can maintain my level of physical fitness to a a reasonable degree, right? That's a workout. Pick up basketball the Mm -hmm. day before the debate Mm -hmm. where there is apparently, I mean, again, I don't know. What are we doing? Full court press in the Doug Burgum pick up (laughs) basketball games? What are we running? Suicides for the losing team? What could have been going on that he did whatever that was so severe that he can't make it. Uh, well, they're saying he may not be able to. This attend. is the equivalent. So Kevin, many people know Kevin. It's okay. It's unclear if he'll be able to stand for two hours. Get the guy a chair. So this would be the equivalent of Ke- you know Kevin, our producer, is mm-hmm. a musician, mm-hmm. and Kev's band is called Uno Uno Gold Uno Dot Gold on the Instagram. If you'd like to follow them, this would be the equivalent Kev of if somehow miraculously they said Uno Gold is going to be playing Madison Square Garden, right? Doug Burgum <laughs> doing the presidential debate is the equivalent of Uno Gold playing Madison Square Garden. There's no rhyme or reason for it to have happened, but it is happening. And Kev, if the day before they said Uno Gold will play Madison Square Garden, would you be out having a a ba- pickup basketball game where you could be injured so that you could not play Madison Square Garden. Well, I do exercise before those things. I think that's good, but... Are I, you playing hardcore pickup basketball? No, I probably not that, now. And who's the guy that injured him? <laughs> right, that guy has to feel he really bad. He must have gotten bad. crossed over or something. Wouldn't you have like a... Re- you know, in the NFL during practice, the quarterbacks wear the red jerseys and you can't hit them? Wouldn't Doug Burgum, he's the... If you're a staffer for him, he is your meal ticket. <laughs> like, your paycheck depends on this guy. Yeah. Hey, nobody touch Burgum. If he wants a layup, it's uncontested. Right. If he wants a jumper, no hand in the face. He's always open. Whatever he wants. Yeah. Uh, he was transported to a Milwaukee emergency room and discharged the same day. Well, so, how serious could it possibly be? <laughs> right. What he's, it? he's already out. I, I don't know. It was an unfamiliar court because, you know, he's from North Dakota. He's playing basketball in Milwaukee. Maybe the golf pavement was slippery. You know what politicians do, Casey? They play golf. You know why? Because they're unathletic, uncoordinated weirdos, most of them. <laughs> and golf is the least likely thing to get injured in. So just stay with golf. <laughs> Couldn't it actually work in his favor if he just toughs it out and he shows up with crutches it's or a, something? Like uh, like Michael Jordan, the flu game. Yeah. Wow, what a heroic performance. Right. That was an amazing game. Yeah. So... Hey, for all we know that this this was all he's really not that hurt. <laughs> he's faking it. 
But we're we're giving him publicity heading into the debate. It's going to be like pro- so now we're going to be looking for him. What sort of shape is he in? It's going to be like pro wrestling where the, the there'll be seven people out there and then the glass will shatter <laughs> and instead of Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh-huh. it's it's uh, it's Doug. By gosh, that's Doug Burgum's music. <laughs> Someone's going to smash a chair on his head. Oh boy. Uh, so Ron DeSantis is going to be there for sure, and uh, his wife Casey DeSantis. She recently did an interview and it was a pretty intimate interview and uh, in it they discussed a lot of things and she's more likable than he is sometimes but uh, sometimes many times but during this interview she was discussing her cancer diagnosis which she received during covid and how Ron DeSantis her husband took care of her the day uh, that I ultimately found out, um, it was Ron who was the one that told me um, because I couldn't listen to the doctors. I didn't want to hear any of the opining. I didn't know if I was going to see my kids graduate from kindergarten, let alone going off into high school or watching them walk down the aisle. So I had him every step of the way there as a shoulder to cry on. How does it make you feel when she talks about survival because of you. I did my role as what a good husband should do, but she uh, really fought hard. And I'll tell you, once we went public with it, the amount of prayers that we got from Florida and around the country really, really boosted her spirit and my spirit. But what he did for me in my cancer battle is what he did for the people of this state during COVID because he went through and he analyzed the data. Just like he fought for me, he fought for the people of this state. So she was asked at one point what kind of first lady she would be, and she said one who looks at the role with a lot of humility. Does that stuff even work anymore, though? And what I mean by that is clearly, look, she had a horrific disease, and it's wonderful that she overcame it, and God bless them. But there was a time where if you ran for president, the number one, and this sounds very weird to say out loud, but people who are of a certain age will agree with me, one of the most important things you had to do as a candidate for president was go on Oprah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that sounds just completely ridiculous in the modern era to say. Yeah. But if you were a candidate for president in the 90s and early 2000s, it was the trip on Oprah. And the one I remember the most is when George W. Bush was running for president for the first time against Al Gore. And there was some big thing about whether he was going to go on Oprah or wasn't going to go on Oprah. And then he finally did. And he goes on there and he's telling the story about the birth of his twin daughters. And it was super humanizing for him. And to a lot of women, especially at the time, they were like, oh, my gosh, he seems like a pretty decent guy. I could probably actually vote vote for him. Does the human interest story like this sway people anymore? Are we just so mean and partisan negative now that it doesn't even matter anymore. Well, I think in his case, he needs her because he comes across as awkward and aloof and... Comes across as... Well, and and not very personal, especially to the press. And she comes in and is likable and is charming and softens him. Yeah. And as you said, humanizes him. Speaking of someone who is uh, not, 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 <laughs> not uh, any of the things you just described her as, okay. Hammer uh, joins us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
Hey, Rob. Yes. I know it's early, but I'm going to ask you a tough question. Please ask so away. Yes. Get that brain working. Go for it. What is 12 times 3? That is 36. And I did that as a product of the public education system. And I even got it before the public education system was woke. Why do you ask? <laughs> so, well, you're good. Well, how would you like to get a 36% bonus when you invest your money? Boy, that sounds like the greatest thing in the history of ever. Yeah. If you invest $100,000, you get a $36,000 bonus. And if you invest $200,000, you get a $72,000 bonus. Hey, it is Kendall and Casey. You know this because you're listening to this program right now. Not only can you get a 36% bonus, you also get a competitive return, an average of 7% a year for the past 10 years. Plus, Mm -hmm. your money is backed by one of the largest insurance companies in the world. To learn more, call Bill Demery, your retirement guy in Indy at 317-932-9912. This 36% bonus won't last long, so call 317-932-9912. 317-932-9912. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning, 1049. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And joining us in the studio, we have Hammer from the Hammer and Nigel Show. I love it. Your debate bingo card. Excellent. You can find it on the Hammer and Nigel Twitter page and your Facebook page. So if Doug can't make it tonight <laughs> because of his injury, just count that as a free space because he's only on one square. Yeah. And the square is just Doug reminds you of who he is. Do you feel like this should be like a runner up like the Miss America pageant? In the case, uh, you know, he can't make it. The runner up will step in his place. Right. Like Larry Elder walks up <laughs> right, there. Exactly. Like, you know, he's standing by in the glass case. You know, they just shattered the glass case and bring him in. Um, yesterday, we were uh, pre-gaming for the debate. It yes. was the night before the debate. And as per custom on our program, we had the annual reading of Twas the Night Before the Debate. Twas the night before the debate and all through the land. There's not a lot of excitement. And people are making other plans. (laughs) Donald Trump is out. He officially pulled the plug. So we're left with Hutchinson and Haley and some dude named Doug. (laughs) Still, there will be questions to be answered and answers to gauge. Will a fly land on Mike Pence? Will Chris Christie eat on the stage? (laughs) Ramaswamy, DeSantis, and even Tim Scott, too. This should be about as fun as watching Caddyshack Part (laughs) 2. Campaign season's here. It's Biden who they should attack. But as Joe Biden always says... You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. There it is. Uh, That's good stuff. Fantastic.
<laughs> um, you know, I hate to give you credit for anything, but that was very well done. Thank you. And again, we don't know if Doug's going to make it tonight. Mm-hmm. What? What? So, so we obviously spent much of the last segment talking about this. Short of losing a testicle, <laughs> what could prevent you from actually going to the debate stage after you spent basically a million dollars of your own money? I'd be up there in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like in a full body cast, yeah. I would still be up there. Maybe he's trying to create his own Willis Reed style yeah, moment yeah. where, you know, there's an empty podium. Brett Bear says hello and welcomes everybody. Then all of a sudden, here comes Doug ripping off the warm up jacket, yeah. hobbling up there to the stage like an American hero. Uh, we uh, had a suggestion from a, a person in the YouTube chat earlier today, and I thought, thought this was brilliant. A uh, Trump should just simply go to the debate and sit in the audience and loudly boo the participants. I would love that because somebody gets booed is on the bingo yes. card, actually. And what I would love to see is this interview that's happening with Trump and Tucker at nine o'clock tonight. Let's just say at nine o'clock, Tucker's account goes live. It's a live video. We're standing outside the debate center in Milwaukee, and then Trump and Tucker, they both go into the debate, and they sit in the balcony, and they heckle like those two old Muppets. Yeah, the old guy Muppets. Yeah, absolutely. Boulder and st- whatever his name is. Boo, they stink. Boo, it's terrible. How much did you pay to some popcorn? What are they charging you to get out? Mm-hmm. Like Trump and Tucker just heckling these guys like the Muppets in the balcony. You just hear a random, hurry up, fatty. Let's go. <laughs> They're throwing popcorn. You hear Tucker's high-pitched laugh. <laughs> like, that would be amazing. Um, I Somebody, had, if Trump had, if someone had brought that idea to Trump, he might have actually done it. <laughs> I wanted to see like a Manning cast. I don't want to see an interview. Yeah. I want Tucker and Trump <laughs> doing play by play, watching yes. the debate like a Manning cast on ESPN. Like in the pause it once in a while and talk about who's full of crap. And okay, so K- Casey and I had this debate earlier, and Kev got in on this. I maintain seven people will be watching this thing. Uh, not even, so not even all the family members will be tuning in. Casey and Kev though said they're watching. I have zero interest in this. Are you watching this or are you watching Tucker and? Trump. So we're breaking it up on our show because we're going to live tweet for the audience. Nige is covering the uh, Tucker and Trump stuff. I'm covering the debate. And I believe Casey yep. is going to be doing some live tweeting for your program tonight. It will still be the number one rated program tonight. It still will be. But I explained this to Nige yesterday. It's like the Super Bowl, right? You could have a Super Bowl of the Jacksonville Jags taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh-huh. People will still watch it because it's the Super Bowl. But it's not going to get the numbers if you had a Raiders-Cowboys Super yeah, Bowl. Sure. So it's still going to be watched tonight, but compared to 2015, it's not going to hold a candle. Will Tucker and Trump get more total viewers than, I guess, clicks or whatever we call it, than the debate? by the, by, Within 24 hours, because I get the Trump thing is on demand – with Tucker. Right. See, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I'm curious what it's going to be like from nine to yeah, eleven. Great. And you could track that. How right. many? How many clicks did the Trump Tucker de- uh, back and forth get versus the debate w- during the time the debate's on? I think people are going to consume them both at the same. I time. I do too, because the minute one goes to a commercial, the minute the debate mm-hmm. goes to a commercial, everybody's going to scroll through on their phone. All right, what's going on with Trump and Tucker? It's coming up this afternoon. Uh, pre-gaming, we got the wings in the oven. We got the yeah. beer on ice. All my rowdy <laughs> friends are ready for a debate tonight. Thank you, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.